good morning, everybody, and it's, uh, it's great to be here. And uh, oh, do you know, I'm I, I get quite excited over this Sermon on the Mount series, uh, Fools on the Hill. Um, you know, it's it's stuff that we most of us have read again and again and again, hasn't it? And because of its familiarity, we can get anaesthetized to it. Um, you know, oh yeah, I know that, I know that. Um, but uh, I think it's really great. And so this morning, I'm hoping to challenge you. I'm hoping you'll be challenged. And uh, anyway, let's, let's just see where we, we got to. So we're calling this The Fools on the Hill because it's the Sermon on the Mount. And um, a couple of weeks ago, Simon Asprey, uh, he was speaking to us. And he, he, if you remember, he was talking about chessboard. And he was saying how God had, was, had created the chessboard, the game, uh, but he was outside the game, and the game was going on, but he was outside it. But then he decided that he would come into the game and actually become part of the game, and showing us that how Jesus, how God had been the creator of, um, of all things, but actually in order to fulfil what God really wanted to do, he had to come into the game. So Jesus had to come down from heaven and become flesh and blood like us. And what I think is beautiful is if you compare this with the Old Testament, so you've got um, Moses out on, the, on Mount Sinai and on the mountain you've got God remote from the people, people not allowed to go up the mountain. In fact, they didn't want to go up the mountain because it was all so, you know, there was thunder and lightning and all that stuff. And only Moses and his sort of closest aides were able to go up the mountain. And up the mountain, in this distant place, God gave his law, the law which revealed what, was, what he wanted us to follow as people, what he wanted the people of God to follow because that would be the best way for them to live. Right? But it was on a mountain. But now what we have is God coming in the form of a man, Jesus. And he goes up another mountain. And here, but instead of being remote, he sits there amongst his disciples and the people all around him. And in the midst of them, he shares a new story. He shares a new law. It's not a law that's written that you've got to obey or else. It's about a law about changing your heart attitudes and becoming sons and daughters of God. There's an intimacy. We call it the imminence of Jesus, of God, in our lives. That, uh, that presence of God. So the whole thing's moved from this distant law written on tablets of stone to a new law written on fleshy tables of our hearts. What an exciting prospect that is. You know, well, we've been through it loads of times. It may not be that exciting, but to glimpse again the wonderful working of God and the promises of God. So this week we're going to, we're looking at Matthew 6, verses 19 to 24. And uh, this, again, is a very, very familiar passage to you. But let's, uh, let's read it. 
Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No, ma no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and mammon. Okay, I want to say at the outset that um, everything I talk about today are things that I'm being challenged over in my own life, my life, and I'm trying to work them through. I certainly don't want to pretend that I've got it all sorted out in my own life. I haven't. So please hear me with that in mind. Right. I want to say this, Jesus is a king. And we, we hear in, um, when he was standing in front of Pontius Pilate, just before he was crucified, Pontius Pilate asks him, are you a king? And he, he's a little bit evasive, but eventually says, yes, I'm a king. But he says, my kingdom is not of this world. And what he meant is my king is not my kingdom is not derived from this world. In other words, the kingdom of Jesus is not part of you know, it's not a kingdom on the earth, obviously. It is based in heaven, it is derived in heaven, and all its its rules and the way it works is heaven based. So we have to see when we walk in the kingdom of God that we're not walking according to the rules of an earthly kingdom, we're walking according to the rules of a heavenly kingdom with heavenly rules and he heavenly principles. Okay, so um, we've, we've used this, this uh, little picture lots of times in hope over the times because the rules and the ethos of the kingdom of God, it can so often be different from the rules of the kingdom of this world. There's, there's loads of scriptures. I love some of these scriptures, which I call topsy-turvy scriptures. There's just masses of them, but I thought I'd pick out a few from them. These are principles which just fly against the ways of the world. It says, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Okay, try and save your life. Look after number one, be I'm all right, Jack, and you'll lose it. Give your life as a sacrifice, your rights, my rights as a human being. I've got all these rights, haven't I? 
Just lay them down and you'll save your life. Because God's, that's God's promise to us. You lay it down, I will bless you. Let's try another one if I can find, find that. I've got loads of these here, but I just wanted to give you a few. Can't even find them now. Must be here, okay. All right. Um, sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you become a servant. There are no glass ceilings in the kingdom of God, only glass floors. We need to get our, put ourselves down. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. It's the nature of Jesus. Finally, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's almighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. That's what God wants to do. He wants to lift us up. He wants to lift us. That's his heart for us, is to lift us. All we've got to do is humble ourselves. It's easy, really. And I, and I think that's, that's the thing about the... the you know, if we re, as we read through this... Um, as we read through the, this, the, the, this uh, Sermon on the Mount, um, is it heavy? Is it very demanding? Can it weigh us down? Well, actually... If you get your heart right, it's liberating. It's saying, it's easy actually. <laughs> it says, don't store up treasures on earth. But what it could be saying is, you don't have to store up treasures on earth where moth and rust can get at it. You don't, you don't have to. So you can either see it as a heavy thing, oh, I can't have anything. You know. Or you can say, I don't have to store up treasures on earth. That's not where, that's not where my home is. My home is somewhere else. But you've got to have an eternal perspective on this. You've got to have your eyes fixed on something that is more than just the earth. Right? It's easy as you get to my age because you think, I maybe don't have so many years left, so maybe if I do only fix my eyes on things around me, I haven't got a lot to, to look forward to. But I'm not like that because actually I'm fixing my eyes on something else and I'm working towards it and I'm going to get there and I'm going to get there quicker than most of you hopefully um, because because that's what God's offering us it's exciting it's releasing okay let's see so let's get to the the passage oh yeah just finished that's one of my favorite phrases in God's kingdom the way up is down you go down God will lift you up. It's great, isn't it? Uh, where are we? Okay, let's, um, 
let's read the passage again. Let's get down to this particular passage, and this time I'm going to read it from the message. Now, for those of you who don't know, the, 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 the version I read in before was the New International Version, which is a translation, but the message is a... Um, is what, what uh, is... Uh, paraphrase, thank you. Good. I get old, these words fly out of my mind, but thank you very much. It's a paraphrase, it's not as accurate, but it's intended to interpret the scriptures in a way which is more contemporary. So let's read the same thing in the message. Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets, did I, I can't remember, I don't think I did put this on, no. Don't hoard, hoard treasures down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place where you'll most want to be and end up being. Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a musty cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving, God, loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. Okay, So that gives it a slightly different twist to it. One, one thing I do we want to say at the beginning of that is, what is Jesus not saying here? What he's not saying is that we shouldn't have possessions. He's not saying that we need to give everything away and be poor. He did say that once. He said it to a rich man who came to him and said, what must I do to gain eternal life? And he said, Williams, what, do you keep the law? And he said, yeah, I keep all that. And he says, the one thing God's asking you is to give everything up and, and, and give it to the poor. And the man walked away. That's the only time Jesus said to, to give everything away. That's the only time he said it. And it was to a specific person on a specific occasion because the guy couldn't do it. it was, in a way, it's very easy, isn't it? It's, it? If you think about it, how easy it is to give things away. That's what the kingdom's about. You don't have to be rich to enter the kingdom. You don't have to be clever. You don't have to be very fit and healthy. All you do is lay down what you've got. It's so easy. But it's not, is it? That's the thing. It's not. And every one of us struggles with these scriptures, including me. So Jesus isn't saying that we must, we must be poverty, we must live in poverty at all. What he's saying is, this is all about your heart attitude. This is all about what's going on. The law of Moses dealt with the outside. Jesus is saying the law of the kingdom of God deals with the inside, your heart. It's what's going on right deep down. You can fool, you can fool, uh, you can fool the people. You may be able to fool some of the people all the time, all the people some of the time. You can't fool, you might be able to fool all the people all the time, but you can't fool God. 
It's about what's going on in here. That's what we need to pay attention to. And we need to see it with an eternal perspective. Because actually our kingdom is derived from somewhere out there in heaven which is not bound by the rules of the world. If we're not, if we don't have a paternal perspective, if we don't walk in faith, some of these principles may well not work for us. One of the other things I just wanted to say is that when God gives us things, oh, I, 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 yeah, when God gives us things, what he's actually mean is he is entrusting things to us, right? He's not giving us things just so they're now mine. He's giving us things so that we can use them to do what we need to do. They're entrusted to us. We steward what we have. That needs to be. So if God has, if God has um, blessed me, Paul says this, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? In other words, you know, we can be, you know, we can be quite proud if we've got money and possessions and things, flashy cars or whatever we might, might be for us. But God's saying everything you've got has been given to you and, it's been, and you're being entrusted with it in order to, to do the work of the kingdom of God. To, and uh, so that, that's, that's good. Now, I was um, uh, yesterday, a number of us here were at a uh, King's School of Theology. We were, we were doing a seminar upstairs. It was, uh, we had Barney Asprey and Catherine um, Gladwell, thank you, <laughs> uh, get, spending a day seminar on a theology of asylum and immigration. We were looking at the present asylum situation and what's our theology? And I, do you know, I, to be honest, I didn't think I needed a theology of asylum and migration, but I actually learned a whole load yesterday. And one of the things I loved about it was um, that Barney pointed out how many uh, of the main Bible characters we know were refugees or migrants of some sort or other. Okay. And I love this phrase which we, we got from it. Um, the Bible is a rich tapestry woven from the stories of migrants. Right? So our heritage, we're all sons of Abraham. You know the song? You can sing it at my funeral. Um, we're all sons of Abraham. We're sons of a refugee. We're sons of a migrant. Right? Sons and daughters of a migrant. That is our heritage. We are migrants, and today we are migrants on this earth. We're migrants, we're pilgrims. This is not our home, we're pilgrims. We don't need to be too encumbered with things because we're pilgrims, migrants. And um, that's really relevant to us when we're thinking about Afghans coming and staying with us, some of our guests from overseas coming over here you know, and, um, you know, and we can be very stingy and defensive about our borders. But we are migrants. We are refugees. That's our heritage. And when we, when we have people coming to our country because they need the safety of our country, we need to give them a big welcome. Right? And, uh, and we, can, you know, we can get worried about all sorts of things. 
Well, you know, yeah, there, there are things to be, you, you know, to think about. But actually, we're refugees. Let's welcome the ones who want to come to our land. Okay. Um, now, as we get on, as we get on to the, the, this, this, um, this verse, it says, don't store up treasures on earth. So that's what he's saying. You know, if, you want to be, if you're a pilgrim walking through this land, you don't need to be too encumbered. It's, uh, but, you know, I've, I've got loads of things. I've got, I've got a nice car outside. I've got loads of things. The thing is, it's where your heart is. Because where, where, where your treasure is, there where your heart will be also. So if, you, if, you've got a lot of, if, if you've got lots of your investments and you're constantly watching the stock market, if you love your car... Now, let's, let's take it a bit beyond that. Let's look at other things, like my career. Is my career the thing that really, get, that really gets me? All those sort of things. Um, even family, if my family is too... Too prominent. Leisure, sport, you know, these things that are can become so much a priority for us. I remember once when I was a young man, and I can still remember a few things about that. And um, I was a young man. We would just come to Basingstoke, and we were um, we we joined the church, and there was a meeting on uh, in the church in Basingstoke. I was living in Kempshot. There was a meeting that I should be going to, but there was a really good football match on the telly. And um, I decided that I would make a lame excuse and not go to the, not go to the meeting. I would, go to the, I would watch the football match, and I did. Ooh, my conscience. <laughs> and I made, a, I made a covenant with the Lord on that, um, after that. I would never let football come between me and serving the Lord. I love football. I love watching it. You know, I, loved, I used to love playing it. Um, but I, I, I made a covenant. It will never, ever. And, and I stuck with that. A few weeks ago, um, we had the uh, One Church uh, One Church Unity Service and, and AGM, which I, I, I'm very involved in at the URC on a Sunday afternoon, happened to be the League Cup final that uh, my team, Chelsea, were playing against Liverpool. And my son, who's also a Chelsea supporter, said, Dad, I've got a ticket. I've got a ticket off for a really good seat at Wembley. <laughs> Do you want it? <laughs> Afraid I was at the URC. <laughs> All right. But you know, I th you know, those those that's a little thing, isn't it? But we need to have those sort of things yeah. there in place. And and so he says, where your where where your treasure is, there your heart there your heart will be also. And he talks about rust and vermin. Um, it, it's uh, it talks about moth. I don't know you, the younger people. You don't worry about moths. But when I was a child. In all our cupboards, wherever the clothes were, you'd find these mothballs. They were horrible, smelly, white balls that you'd keep there because the moth would get in, and if you hadn't worn your clothes for some time, you'd find they'd got holes in them. 
Um, it's not a problem these days, I don't think, but it, it is? Okay. Why are you close like that? Yeah, that's right. You pay a lot, don't you? For, yeah. Um, and um, and, and the, it says moth, and, and in some versions it says rust, some it says uh, uh, vermin. But basically the, what it's saying is what something eats away. It says you're, they get eaten away. You, 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 you store your treasures away. When you come and look at them, they've all gone. You know, and, or, you know, or they get stolen. And in those days, you know, they didn't have bank accounts. They put their money in. If they had, and, and they were much more vulnerable physically. So often they would dig a hole, often away from their house, and put their treasures in it so that if they got attacked, no one would, um, no one would come and, and find their treasures. And, and that links in with that, um, with, with that parable of Jesus saying when a man comes and, and finds a field and he digs in the field and finds a treasure, you know, he, he then sells everything he's got to buy the field because that's treasure. That's because they used to store their, their treasures in hold, you know, they dig them there so that people who tried to, who attacked them couldn't get hold of them. So, so we're storing the stuff away. It's not that we shouldn't have it, it's just that we're storing it up, you know, instead of using it for God's good purpose. You know, using it for clothes, using it for food, using it for, for transport, cars, whatever, using it for our family, using it, but using it, not storing it up. You know, and... Um, in Malachi, it talks, about the, it talks about when we are stingy, when we don't bring our tithes and offerings into the storehouse, what does God do? He, he basically says, you put it back into pockets with holes in them, right? So, you know, you, you lose the money. It disappears because you're, you're storing it up. It disappears. Whereas, if you bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse, prove me now, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven upon you, know, and you will, and so on. Okay, so, um, and, and so he talks about the, the, the eyes of um, the, the seeing your eye. What, you know, what do you look at? He's saying, if you open your eyes up to the kingdom of God, these, are the sort, these will liberate you. This will liberate you. You'll, you'll have so much light inside you. But also we can open our eyes to so much of the world that these principles get lost you know if you if you watch you know if you watch on the television media whatever all that's going on we lose so much of these principles because we we get they get lost in amongst all the self the me the rights my rights and and all that 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 rather than liberate us into the kingdom tie us down and make turn us into darkness and he says um uh, don't worry about that. That's a bit. Oh yeah, Jesus. Um, Jesus talks about you know it's, it's easier for a rich man to um, for a camel to go through the eye through a needle and to for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I don't think he probably had that quite in mind that picture, but it's quite appealing, isn't it? You know, <laughs> just just to say how our treasures stop us from achieving what we need to do. So he finishes up saying, you can't serve two masters. And actually, mammon, which is, uh, means money, but it means more than that. It's, 
it, it, they personify, he personifies the hold that money, um, that mammon, that possessions, that these things have on us. And he says you can't serve both. So, you know, we have some decisions to make. If we go God's way and seek the ways of the kingdom, we are liberated. But we have to, you know, we, we, have, to, uh, we have to yield up so much. It's hard. I say it's easy. It's not easy at all. It's really, really hard to change, to change our thinking, to change our heart attitude, to change our mindset, to say, no, I'm going God's way. I'm not going to be tied down by these things. I don't have to store up treasures on earth where moth and rust. You cannot serve God and mammon. So finish up with a, uh, a question just for you to think about. Take a hard and honest look at your life. Is there anything, money, career, family, leisure, sport, that comes between you and your walk with God? That's for you to think about and to talk about. And you can talk about with others. It's quite good to talk about these things with others. But have a think for yourselves. Father, I just want to thank you for this message of, that we've got, this, this wonderful message of the kingdom of God, this wonderful message that Jesus gives us that is liberating if we are willing to throw off the other things that hold us down. And Father, we pray that um, you, will, you will just get inside us, Lord, where we need, you need to and change our minds, change our attitudes, Lord. Make us... Uh, because, uh, Father, all you want is for the best for us. That's what you want. You want us to have the best lives and you want us to have an eternal perspective. So just pray, Lord, for each one of us here today that as we grapple with these things in our own lives, that you will speak to us in our own individual way. And that, Lord, that uh, we, will be, we, we will hear what you say to us and we will be able to put it into practice in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Amen.